amen, amen. This is Pastor Jay. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And like always, we're going to start with a scripture and a prayer. And the scripture comes from Philippians 4 and 13, a very familiar scripture saying that I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. God wants you to know all the things that he's putting in your way, all the things that he's giving you the idea of, he's telling you it's possible, but you have to trust him. You have to understand that God is that source of strength when you're going through the process of development, when you're going through the, the building phase, you have to keep God involved. Dearly, dearly Father, God, we just bless you right now, Lord. God, just be in the midst of the in the be in the midst of the room right now, God. Just usher in your spirit, God. We just we just thank you, God. Thank you for all the things that you're doing. Thank you for bringing us to see today, God. Giving us new grace, new mercy. Been able to help us through whatever we were struggling in last week. God, we just want you to be able to touch us and touch everybody under the sound of my voice, God. To be able to see a new way. To develop a new mindset. To take away all the stinking thinking. To be able to unite as people. And God, right now, I just need you to come and be with us, God. Touch us to be able to get that compassion for one another, to be able to help one another, to be able to go across the nation as a united front, as the body of Christ. God, right now, we just ask you to come and deliver us, deliver us from our issues. Deliver us from our anger. Deliver us from all the things that we might be struggling with so that we can be able to go forth and live and go on to your promise, as you said in Jeremiah 29, 11, that you gave us hope, joy, and a future. God, bless everybody that's waking up. Bless everybody that's all getting ready for church. Bless everybody that's on their way to church right now, Lord. Bless everybody that's going to hear this in the playback on the podcast. God, right now, just go into their life to change their, their grounds. Make it fertile grounds for you, Lord. So when you get the seeds planted there, that they will actually sprout out and be fruitful. God, I, I, just, need, I just need you right now to touch everyone, to have love and compassion, and to know that they have authority and power say that all in Jesus precious name amen 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 amen, amen. sorry about my ringtone you know that's, if it ain't Jesus don't answer the phone like the pastors used to say um good morning morning it's early morning we're glad to have coach back in the building amen it's been a minute coach where you been man where soccer been, tournament man? Been, been around Traveling. the world and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. But I know where my baby is. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So, um, I'm going to just talk today because we ain't got Lady AJ. But you can find me. This is Pastor Jay. You can find me at Anointed Jaylon on Twitter and Facebook. Not Facebook. 
I always say that. Oh, well, I can make mistakes. I'm human. Twitter and Instagram, you can find me on Anoints at Jaylon. And you can find me at Pastor Jaylon Calhoun on Facebook, where I post daily motivational scriptures, prayers, motivation, inspiration, anything that you need. And you know what? I want to talk about something this morning. And it's something that, because I have my own platform, I can talk about it. <laughs> so I played this Facebook game, y'all. Y'all might be familiar with this little Facebook game where they ask you questions, right? And someone said something to me that made me like, what? Obviously, you don't know me. They said, what do you do for the community? Mm. Whoa. I was first going to say, first of all, I'm not even from Las Vegas, and I've done more for Las Vegas than what I did in ever in the Bay Area. But that's a whole different story. That, that, to me, <laughs> that sounds like somebody trying to ask you a question that ain't doing nothing in their community. I'm just saying. That's what that sounds because like. Because I, I knew I didn't have to answer that, but I wanted to because I don't know. I just wanted to. I was like, I have nothing to prove to you, but I wanted to just show First of all, I've done backpack drives since I've got here. I've gave kids homeless people. I've, I've done so many ministries before I even had the church. Then when I had the church, I continued to do it every year consistently. So it's crazy that despite how much you do, people still can have an assumption about you. And it don't matter how many posts, how many pictures, how many times you show that you're doing it. Even though I don't think you should be doing that when you're, when you're actually serving the community. I don't think you should be over there taking pictures. You know, I could say I could see like oh prepping, but when you're actually giving to the people, you shouldn't have to be doing that. You know, I give them their private, give them their privacy when you're doing that. But I could say oh, you know, helping out the community. You know, building some backpacks doing some lunches, you know, things like that. I understand you can take pictures to, sh to show, maybe to get more participation, because it's always great, you know, like Minister Stretch said, you know, we got to come together and Amen. actually be out there doing things compared to just talking, because there's way too many people out here in Las Vegas in this four-mile strip air surrounding where we could be changing, you know, the homeless population, the schools, you know, I know it's, it's, it's rough, and I'm going to just say this out there too. Every parent, I really honestly think, especially after the little outburst that happened at CCSD, go get your fingerprints, go get your badge, and, and do like back in the old school, like my grandma used to do, and go pull up on your child's classroom. Oh, yeah. Because you need to see what's behind the door. And the teacher needs to see that you're an attentive parent. Hello, somebody. Oh, yeah. Because if they see that, there's a lot of things that they're going to pay attention to because they know that you're paying attention. And with your baby's education, you need to get your badge, get to the campus, and be sitting in If you got to, sit in the back of that class. I'm planning to do that very soon. And see how... The learning experiences for your child because you don't want your child set up for failure if they're not being attended they're being attended to or you know seeing any issues that might arise 
I, I definitely agree with that, Pastor Jay, because, uh, you know, I'm tremendously involved in my kids' academics because if you're not smart in this world, you're really going to be limited into trying to find your talent that you could be producing for the world and for your family and possibly your community. So school, you know, I constantly check the grades. You know, there's a website you can go to. Check your kids' grades. And then, you know, now they got these special uh, text messages for the for, that you can text. Teachers have their own, like, little private little thing that it goes to so you don't have to constantly email and stuff like that. You just open up the line of communication. And when you open up the lines of communication, you know, you might even get a text message from them, just something so small, hey, this was going on in class. But, but you're aware of what's going on because that teacher already established He's already going to know what's going on in this right. class because he constantly lets me know what's going on in the class by what my son is telling me. Right. So, you, you know, I'd rather hear it from the teacher's mouth than my son's mouth. And, you know, I'm going to just say it. I, I I did not like that comment that, that that school board trustee said. You know, what are we in 1965? Like, yes. That, that doesn't make sense. I understand that. She had she had to have notes because she was looking down. Right. First of all, and, and and first of all, I just didn't like it because it came out too natural. I think that was the, the thing that bothered me is that it came out too natural. It wasn't like she was reading something. It was just from her thoughts and. Oh, I know. <laughs> I didn't know I was on. <laughs> yeah, you are. No, I didn't know. I would have been talking a long time ago. I didn't know that you had brought me on. All right. Well, introduce yourself for yeah, our listeners to know. Everybody know who you are. <laughs> it's our interview today. I was confused because I had a whole lot of, I wanted to say a whole lot about everything that you just said. I just didn't know I was on yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You on. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, no, no, no. So let's go here then. So, so I got to catch up, so allow me to catch up. So I want to go back to what you said about uh, that person asking what you do in the community. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember my grandmother so many years ago. Was t- she said this comment stuck with me, and she said, "If if nobody uh, wanted the credit for what we did, we'd be able to get so much more done." Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people where I'm extremely loud on Facebook, and I'm posting. I post probably three times a day and events. And the truth is, is that the real work that I do, nobody ever sees it. Right. And I don't feel the need to have to explain it. I mean, you know, it'll be in the book or you can go to the website and read about what <laughs> what I do or what we do. But I don't feel like I have to explain that to you. And so we get on Facebook and we post and we create and we, we create a life on there. But the truth is, is so many of us are doing the real work. And you're right. The real work. I don't have time to pick up my phone and Instagram and take a picture of the real work when I'm like in the trenches. I, I don't like that. I never have. I've been evangelizing since the age of 15 mm. and, and working in the community. And, and, and I don't think you should take away someone's dignity mm-hmm. because you don't know what they're going through yeah. while you're helping them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I come from old Southern black women yeah. where you say you don't tell people business. If you're going to help them, help them. If not, then don't leave it alone. Yeah. And that's all what I've lived off of. And yeah. I think that's true because it's like, you know, you're ev- – Invading their privacy and you're telling their business. It's mm-hmm. kind of like somebody say, "Yeah, I gave you here's twenty dollars," and then, "Yeah, did you know I had to give him twenty dollars?" No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to be able to help somebody. Yeah. And I think the issue is, and I have a stigma 
because of just my title. And I tell people, you have to take me away. I was doing stuff before the title pastor. Uh, you know, I earned my title. I went to seminary. I got my license. <laughs> I got ordained. I earned my title, y'all. I'm just from California. I just didn't know me because I didn't build my ministry here. I did ministry back home. And it's like, it really bothered me when I got that. Because, but you know what? It didn't because I always had that little reminder voice in my grandma. It was like, they talked about Jesus. Well, it's, it's a social it's media a, thing, though. I mean, social media has taught us to use charity and our efforts as photo ops man and i just i don't pastor i wouldn't i don't think you have to explain that to anybody i sure don't god is the only one that's going to because at the end of the day it's gonna be me and god ain't nobody on this world gonna be with me on judgment day with me and him yeah because he's gonna talk about what i did and when he opened up the book i'm gonna be like yep i did that Yep, I and I can't say no because he got the book of my whole life. So. Uh, all I got to say is about that is uh, if somebody would ask me that question, I probably wouldn't really answer them, but like this, I would say, well, if we both make it to heaven, we're going to see how big my palace is and how big your hut is <laughs> for your lack of doing works in your community. If, if, <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I, let's meet up in heaven and have that same conversation. You know, you can't say that to everybody. I'm being that, real. I'm a real geez. minister. They're not going right. to the, get the right to know this. Because there's a lot of people off GP. My, my pastor used to say this all the time back home. There's people in church that's going to go to heaven. Amen. And that's because they're not changing their ways. Most people have an issue with forgiveness. And that's what will stop you. A simple forgiveness. It seems hard. I ain't gonna lie to you. I had to do some forgiveness last year. That was hard for me. Like, I mean, like, I was on the phone like this. Because mm. I didn't know how it was gonna turn out. I didn't know, you know, because I've had so much. And, you know, assumptions make uh, visible enemies. Because mm. when you assume somebody was this way, you mm -hmm. assume somebody said this, and you, and you go off this whole thing without talking to them because mm -hmm. your insecurity is about talking to them and actually hearing their side of the story. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Then you assume and then when you get to a part of, you know what, I want to ask them to forgive me for being the way I was. Mm -hmm. You get you get like this. And I realized that. Mm -hmm. It was crazy because you're sitting here like, I really don't want to do it. And you feel like you're fighting your body, but you're like, man, how can I talk about God if I can't even tell somebody, you know, forgive me mm -hmm. for being for my wrongs, mm -hmm. and 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 it's crazy because we have to learn that it shouldn't be anything holding you back from what you're going through. Mm -hmm. I, I would like to say that uh, when it comes to to that topic right there, people just need to understand if we friends like we say we are, I shouldn't have to. When I'm telling you something that's a problem with me, it shouldn't hinder our friendship. It should strengthen our friendship because I'm trying to tell you how I feel. That don't mean my point of view changes about you. People always, you know, 10, 15-year relationships go down the drain because somebody's mad because of how they felt in a moment. Well, but y'all got 10 years of, of friendship going on, and people just don't understand. That's why I always tell people when I got a problem with them, First thing I say is, hey, I want you to know I love you. 
but I have to tell you how I feel. Right. And then, at the end of the day, we either going to be friends still, or it's still going to be the problem. And then, that's just indication for me that we wasn't friends in the first place, so I don't need you. So, that that's how I look at the overall appearance of it. I don't think we're living in loyal times like that anymore. Man, Jesus, I was yeah. just, I'm glad... We're on the same frequency. Because I, I was I about change. to say that because a lot of times what, what gets me, you know, I, maybe I was raised old school. I don't know. But I feel that the community is kind of off balance because it should be a loyalty of something. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, back in the day, we always used to laugh about and say all the church hop. Right, we used mm-hmm. to talk about that and joke around. Oh, y'all church hopper, you got fifty pastors' names and all. That. But it just showed something that, and I used to be one. Mm-hmm. I can lie, I used to be one. I, I, I was trying to find something about, that I couldn't find in church because I was looking for people instead of God. Mm-hmm. Hello, somebody. Mm-hmm. See, and that's sometimes the issue is that we we didn't have faith in God. We had faith in these people, mm-hmm. and when they failed us, we thought God failed us. Mm-hmm. And when I was church hopping. I was searching for something that would never happen because I had iniquities myself. Just like my my pastor, my old my pastor, Pastor Anadeli out of Oakley, California, used to say this all the time. He says, "You will look for the perfect church, and soon as you step in, it is no longer perfect because you're not perfect." I agree. And I said, that is so true. Because everybody wants to run. Nobody wants to build. Nobody wants to be an mm-hmm. addition. And I think that's the problem, too. Mm-hmm. They sit and they say, well, I ain't no children ministry. Have you volunteered to do a ch- children's ministry? Or you just sit down, yeah. come look at the pastor and what he stresses to do. And everybody that chose to be in the ministry, mm-hmm. you look at, but you don't say, how can I help? Mm-hmm. How can I do this? How can I do that to make your change in the church? See, when I came to church, I I wasn't a church person, but I wanted change. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I was a, a, a honorary person in a way mm-hmm. because when I came to church, I remember the first day I came to church was when I got real serious about church on my own. I was 14 years old. I went to my ch- this church that I got invited to, and I remember all the deacon and minister's kids mean mugging me mm. and i sat there and i looked at him i'm thinking i'm in school like we're gonna have to fight in church because y'all y'all making fun and y'all laughing and all that because i'm new i ain't got no parents with me so i ain't got no status right and i said to myself i remember doing a little prayer because i really didn't read the bible back then because i still didn't understand how to but i could pray mm-hmm. and i said god i'm gonna change this that didn't if i would never want nobody to feel the way I felt walking mm-hmm. into this church. So, I think there's a cultural component, and this is where we kind of step into some, some. Uh, I don't want to call it controversial waters because a lot of people wouldn't want to hear this, but it's the truth. When you talk about church hopping and how people um, uh, participate in church culture, mm-hmm. and I hate to say this, but it's an African American thing that we can't stick together and build. I mean, you go to some of these Caucasian churches, they stick together, they're loyal, and they build uh, huge edifices for the sake of God and kingdom, and they, they build a movement. Like you have ICLV, and you have Shadow Ridge, and you have um, Hope Baptist, and you have yeah. Ken. These are all Caucasian churches where the leaders didn't feel like they needed to go be the king of their own castle. But I hate to say this, and this is going to get me in trouble, but 
I feel like we can speak the truth on this show. Right. Amen. You go to the west side where there's a bunch of African-American churches, and in about six blocks, you have 20 churches that have about 30 members and below. When they could make such an impact if they decided to just come together and say, let's have one big church. And so it really is this cultural component. I hate it. I really hate to say it, but yeah, it's a, it's a cultural thing where... Sometimes we, and not everybody in this room right now, of course, uh, Coach is Caucasian, but... But it's a cultural thing. But anyway, speaking about culture, can I address what you said about the, the, um, the, the um, CCSD board? Yes. So you and s- then we got to go into the breakdown and put some music on. And then s- we'll be back on your interview about you. <laughs> you said um, that it was too natural, right? Yeah. My, the only thing with that, and I always really try to look at situations very closely, um, and I was able to go to her Facebook because everybody was tagging her and, and about what she said about colored students. She's too young for that to be natural, to use the word colored. I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to be so blunt with this. She could, that does not, how long was civil rights? I won't even say it's less than that. I want to say it's maybe about, because, no, it's 50, because my dad was born in 68. It's 50 years ago. A 50-year-old is from the civil rights movement. Her daddy is probably 50-something years old. That is not that far. It's not. And she was raised by someone that was in the time. And received that teaching, huh? That's what I'm like. That's why people, when people say, yeah, I need to forgive it. That was, no, it wasn't. Like somebody's father was born during that time and raised in that time. Somebody's grandparent that is a child now was from that era. Somebody's great grandfather was from close to slavery. Like, you see what I'm saying? And she had it written down. That part. <laughs> that part. So it's you don't you don't make a mistake when your when your literature is written in your in your and, 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 and it bothered me because my grandmother always said this, and I didn't know this day would come. If you don't know your history, it tends to repeat itself. Amen. And I was like, what? Like, like what? Like really? Like if I'm not, I don't get into the politics. Y'all know my story. I know a lot of people try to get me into politics, but let me, let me just put it like this: as a people. We have to start looking smarter. You know, I, I was looking at the thing, you know, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle, because I, I really respected what he was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to get his community to change from having the stigma of what yeah. he did and to show people what he's doing. Because yeah. a lot of people will talk about what you did and not talk about what you're doing. Because what he was doing was actually positive and trying to change his community and do things in his community. Yeah. It was phenomenal. He ain't no Jesus, though. No, he's not. Just for Jermaine Dupree and for, uh, I don't know who else said it. We got to slow down a little bit. Right. People get crazy. He was great. He He was was phenomenal. He he was a person. His community work was phenomenal. Yes. So the thing that I'm saying is this. We talk about a good game, but until we start realizing to start uniting because unity brings change. Nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. Y'all could talk all y'all want to. I'm going to be the first one to say it. Nothing will change. 
the, your situation in your neighborhood is not going to change. The police not going to stop killing. is not going to change. All this stuff is not going to change until somebody s- comes together and shows a movement of showing this isn't right. Mm. And it first got to stop like this. I don't want to hear nobody say mm. nothing about cop killing when you kill your own brother. I'm going to say it simply. That's hypocritical. You shouldn't, if, if you are mad about somebody that is not that is not black or Hispanic, that's Caucasian, that is killing people, yeah. then you should be mad when somebody of your same race does it. Killing is killing, despite Amen. how it go. Somebody daddy gone, somebody uncle gone, somebody mama, daddy, for what? Because you couldn't talk? Did you know fighting is the lowest form of communication? Mm. Say that again. Fighting is the lowest form of communication. Mm. Shout out Mikey VIP. He put me on game on that. I got in trouble on Facebook for saying that. I said that we really needed to stop. I'm not understood the young lady that um, that challenged me on the post, but I was saying we got to stop saying Black Lives Matter if it doesn't matter to us. And I understand that the movement was solely based on white cops killing black boys but at some point when we own that as a culture then we you know that comes with a responsibility black lives matter comes with a responsibility and part of that responsibility is not to kill your brother you you know what you know it's crazy so i come from oakland the oakland bay area and yes we are from the black panther territory and the if you look at the stories you know everything that's that is bad as people say now didn't start off bad hmm. you know give you perfect example the crips were not for a gang they were a community protection as the black panthers put them in place hmm. they changed to something else it's just like when we have peaceful Martin Luther King's peaceful march you know and, and, and when he did his marches right could turn very ugly if one person threw a trash can. Yeah, absolutely. It just took one person. Mm-hmm. No matter if thousands are doing the right thing, it just takes one person to taint something. And I think that's the issue, is that when, how can I say this? When, when we come to things and we start doing changes, we're not accountable for our own. We crucify our own. But we're not accountable for our own. Mm. What does that mean? That means we could cut off somebody and talk about them like a dirty dog, but we cannot hold them accountable, build them, guide them, and mentor them mm. so that they could be better. That's what the Panthers did. Right on, my brother. You know, that's what the things, what that meant. You know, people always talked about them as, as these myths and boogeymans and, and, and matters on who, mm. who's writing the story. But what they were doing was they saw a need in their community, just like Nipsey did. Mm-hmm. They were clothing people, and they were feeding people because they were college scholars. They were not somebody just with no education. They always promoted education Mm -hmm. because knowledge is power. So one thing that they taught people was, first of all, if you have the means in your community, do it. Second of all, you have to understand that if your mind is right, then you can get your community right. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of wrong ways that we are thinking nowadays, and that's why our communities ain't right, because our mind ain't right. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, I shouldn't see somebody and see him like, oh, that's a stranger. You should say, that's my brother. 
that's my sister, especially if you're a Christian. Don't get me started. You know, I'm different. Yeah, I'm, I know I know. y'all be like, Pastor Jamie going off, but I'm serious. If you're a Christian, do not sit here and have an issue with me saying that you should see somebody as your brother and sister because it says it in the Bible that how can you love God if you can't love your brothers and sisters that you see on this earth? Come on now. Right? No, you're Amen. right. Absolutely. So I'm just saying to this point, until we change our mindsets in our communities, it's not going to change nothing. It's just talk. I'm going to be so honest with you. It's sad to say. And racism didn't go nowhere because it ain't had time to go nowhere. Because, first of all, it ain't going to be gone by the time our gener- my life, my kid's life, because it's just happened. Mm-hmm. You, you know what the crazy thing when you, when you said that? It makes me think about what's going to happen to all these people if we w- unite. Because if, if we unite, then, and we start treating them how they treated our families and stuff like that. Because, you know, I'm Irish, and behind African Americans, Irish was the second most enslaved people in right. America. And sent to America a lot. Yes, yeah, so and, with and that being sent, said. And they were sent to the North so Carolinas. Yes, and what, <laughs> and what happens if uh, we just decide to get together? Well, let, let's just treat them how they treat us. And we're powerful enough because there was more slaves black than people coming mm-hmm. to do the work, to do the field work, to make the money and everything like that. And then now I hear people say, well, you know, but slavery didn't build America, and that's the most ignorant thing I ever heard in my life. First of all, slavery was one of the most profitable business that they had. That's why It Abraham, was booming. That was why Abraham Lincoln did what he did. It wasn't because he had interest. He was trying to go at the slavers in the South. And where do you go in somebody's uh, when you want to get at somebody? They pocket. pocket. So that's why when they were doing what they were doing and talking about seceding from the Union and getting away and doing all that, that's why he put, hey, you know what? Let's just go after and let's abolish this now. Because they thought they were getting bigger than the United States. And then, you know, what? how many years was the French Purchase and most of the South before that? So, about 1742, 1840 something. That so just the, jumps in my head for some reason. So don't don't it's, quote it's, me. It's, yeah, so, so around that time, you got to think about it. First of all, the South and the North did never get away. They still, to this day, I, 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 I've heard someone say Yankee, and it's very amazing <laughs> that somebody says that, like, this 2019, you saying Yankee? Okay, all right, you gonna beat somebody. So, I have some strong opinions about all of that, but I'm trying to build a church and uh, <laughs> amen, and, so do, and do a conference. <laughs> so I can't, I can't just be jumping out there like I used to. <laughs> amen. So we're gonna go ahead and go to a music break, and I'm gonna play Desi, and Desi still ain't hit me up because I told Desi on social medias and everywhere I need you on the show. Because your song be jamming. But somebody go find Desi and tell her Anointed Radio is looking for her. But this is Desi. I can feel it. See y'all in a minute. What is this feeling? I can't keep still. I feel your presence. Know you're real. 
to make me strong. I'm trusting in your holy word. So today I say I believe.
receive all the things that God has for you. Come on, if you really believe, just look up towards heaven. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I believe. I don't know about you, but I still believe in miracles. The things that I can't see. time of science. Seeing is believing. But I believe God can make something out of nothing. Vanessa, won't you go ahead and finish my statement?
your hands and say, Lord, I receive. I love God. You love God. What's wrong with you? I love God. You love God. What's wrong with you?
Naomi B with He Lives. And we are back in for the interview, y'all. And we're going to start talking. Instead of having normal discussion, we're going to go have a talk about this man that we have here. Um, he is real big out in this community, doing a lot of great things, and he Amen. believes in Las Vegas. So I definitely want, want him to bring it to bring him in onto the show to talk about his conference that's coming up, his ministry that he's developing, and all the things that he's planning to do for his city. Um, and this is Mr. Anton Pearson. Parson. Parson. <laughs> Dotson Parson. Dotson Parson. Yeah, yeah. I told you I messed up names. It, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm used to it. I I, w I hosted this AKE event last night, and I was Antoine, Antonio, Anton. I usually don't even correct people, but since only three of us here, I figure I may as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah, – he's, he's my homie anyway, so. Absolutely. So it doesn't matter. Anyway, going into your story. Let's go ahead and talk about your story. Where's your hometown? How you started? How did you get a ministry? Oh, man. Well, I was born on the third pew of the church. My grandfather was a huge pastor here in the city. And before Las Vegas really had these mega churches, he started a movement. And so he was um, down in North Las Vegas, a church called Vegas View Church of God in Christ. I'm, I'm a Kojic. I'm, I'm, I think I'm fourth generational Kojic. But... Um, I was born into this thing. I think I think they may even call it legacy. I'm I'm like I'm one of those. I'm a I'm a church kid. 
wasn't always in the church, you know, but, but I am a church kid. And so I was born into ministry and, um, my grandfather passed away and he had this huge church. They wouldn't allow my aunt to pastor because she was a woman in the Kojic church and they, they didn't do that. I don't, I, I still think they don't do that. I'm not sure, <laughs> but, um, but she went off and she started her church, uh, New Antioch Christian Fellowship, and it just blew up. And she kind of just took me with her and trained me. And I, I'm, I'm trying to think about how to answer your question about how did I get in the ministry. I'm not sure that I or that I chose it or that I got into it. I think it really chose me mm. as godly and Christianly corny as that may sound. <laughs> <laughs> It really chose me because I, I wouldn't, this is not what I would be doing. You know, to be honest with you, brother, if I could choose my own life, I think I would be drinking some really good whiskey and smoking cigars in Portugal and living. That would have been the totality and singing jazz. <laughs> that would have been the totality of my life. But God had a different plan. so awesome <laughs> how you just showed I saw the picture. I saw the whole, he really described, and <laughs> I was like, scene. I heard seagulls, <laughs> I saw the water, I, and Portugal is in Spain, isn't it? Yeah, that's what yes. I would have chose. And, and, and the little Latin music in the back with some tostadas. <laughs> And, uh, and I would have on linen, all white linen pants. And <laughs> with, the, with the sandals Ooh. on yeah, the yeah, beach. Yeah. yeah, that's what oh. I would be doing. And that would be the totality of my life. But, you know, God had... God had bigger plans and, and more substance for me. Man, and so why couldn't I have been born back in the jazz days? I be, but I be, man, I, I can just see it. You just threw my, my it's a good I just throw you off. Man. No, but that okay. that's that's ministry chose me and um and I've just been walking strong in it. I think sometimes God it's that whole stir up the gift thing. Sometimes God stirs the gift up and you lose control of your own life and especially if you surrender. And I surrendered to it. I submitted to what he was saying. And so here we are. Amen. You know, one thing that is so common, well, maybe it's because I was just from that. I, I wasn't in the church until teenage years. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't know the, the customs and mm -hmm. things. I wasn't a frequent church goer. I mm -hmm. remember when I started saying, oh, I go to church every Sunday. What? Oh, you one of them holy rollers. I didn't know what that meant during those days. I was like, I guess so, because I go to church every Sunday. Because I remember I, it became so routine because I, I started understanding I needed something. It was mm -hmm. something I needed. And I and joining at the age of 14 mm -hmm. by myself, no parents with me. I had, oh, wow. Like, it wasn't because they told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was searching for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... And it, it was, was searching for you, exactly. obviously. Yeah. And then when it got real, yeah. I started running. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> be real. And then no, a lot I of people go you. through that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I got in there. I was like, man, why? Something's drawing me to church. And uh, and leadership was, I was just put oh, in wow. places. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I started leading the whole youth. I'm an outsider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the yeah. pastor's son. I'm not the deacon's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even. I wasn't even a baby in this church, and I start leading the church and making yeah. new ways and making changes where the youth in the city knew who I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because that was my heart is to change the way that we were thinking at my level. Because yeah. I was a teenager and I thought that we should be coming together, especially if you say you love God. Yeah, absolutely. Because I always had that in my head as a kid. Yeah. If you know God, you should love people. Yeah. Despite their flaws, because everybody got them. Yeah. You want people to love on you when you mess up, so why can't you love on them when they mess up? When they up? mess up, absolutely. It's the same, it's so simple. It's like kindergarten education. Mm -hmm. Like, be good to everybody. Yeah. 
don't fight. Yeah. Don't yell at each other. Come together. Come on. Yeah. Help them out. Like, why are we saying kindergarten stuff? We and as adults, we have issues with the most simple, simplistic thing to do. I think it's crazy to to. I'm I'm really in this place, and I'm gonna say some things. I don't know. You know, I'm sure a lot of people disagree with it. One, I'm listening to what you're saying about, um, um, being a teenager and being in that position and really being chosen, right? And it's crazy because, um. I get into a lot of trouble, and I'm never trying to offend anybody because I, I believe that it's possible to love an institute but hate the culture of that institute. Right. And um, That's just like a job. I yeah. love I love the place of working at a job, but I do not like yeah. the way it's ran. You're not going to like everything that goes on there. That, that's a difference. That's, that's not, that, you're not going to... Let me break down for anybody and, who and wants wait, to Wait, let me say this really quick that. before you said so that you can so that you can jump on this. Um, and this is what a lot of the conference has to do with. I think we, as young Joshuas in this time, and, I, and I'm saying this because I, I think I know where you were about to go. I think we have a responsibility as young Joshuas, and I'm really fascinated about by the relationship between Joshua and Moses. But I think we have a responsibility to speak out against toxic culture. Right. And it gets me in a lot of of trouble when I say, "Wait, I don't care if we were raised this way. This is not right." This is not really what the love of God looks like. This is not what we should be doing culturally. This is not how God really operates. Um, God wasn't into us having a social club. He really was into us having a church. And so let's be a church. You know what I'm saying? And so I felt like you're about to go in that direction. So I wanted to throw that in there before you went. Because the main thing that I I say is that everybody would thought somebody was radical because they spoke out on a toxic way of Mm -hmm. thinking. The give you a perfect right. Uh, the people of the 70s, mm-hmm. the people from, you know, uh, back in the day when they was talking about building up our cultures and, mm-hmm. you know, my brother and all that. The civil rights movement didn't like them because they thought that they were too honorary and yeah. that they were moving in a wrong direction. Mm-hmm. But all they were saying was, we should be proud of who we are mm-hmm. and not think of any less. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go to the church. We should understand that love mm-hmm. is a two-way street. Amen. Mm. It's not just when you want something. Mm-hmm. It's not when you think someone did something that you want them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, give you a perfect example. I'm, I'm, as pastor, I go at odds with a lot of things because I go based off what God says, mm-hmm. not what people say, not what I feel mm-hmm. because if I felt like I'd be in, I'd be in my house playing PlayStation all day. Just let y'all know that's my favorite <laughs> hobby. So, but like I don't realize I'll be I'll be a, a professional gamer if I could. Fortnite? No, nah, not nah, no Fortnite. You don't play Fortnite. So I'm I'm army. So Black Ops. But uh, that's you. a whole different story. <laughs> but the thing I'm saying is, if God didn't have a calling on my life, I'd be mm-hmm. doing something different, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is, He governs my life as well to mm-hmm. to not think just based off how I'm thinking. Absolutely. Because my because how I'm thinking is not always right. Mm-hmm. How I'm thinking is not reflecting on is it right mm-hmm. to think this way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't reflect on what they do. They just talk. A mm-hmm. lot of people just be talking. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we just got to be quiet because mm-hmm. they just be talking and they're not putting action. Mm-hmm. And the main thing that I always spoke, and I was, I was, like I said, I went from being the teenager that came into church with a radical idea to being the person that ran almost mm-hmm. the biggest youth yeah, yeah, ministry yeah. In, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the 
area of mm-hmm. the Bay Area that I had where I was doing things from not being the pastor's kid mm-hmm. to not being the deacon. Like I said, because this is what you normally see from yeah. somebody else in leadership. I came from an outsider. Yeah. And and I made a movement where I was taking people to Tahoe and they were mm-hmm. being saved. And people were getting their issues talking about. We were talking about molestation. Mm-hmm. We were talking about rape. We were talking about issues that people were scared to talk about in the church because they think that's it's like a hands-off situation. Mm-hmm. Toxic culture's never been just something new. Oh, yeah. You know, um, toxic culture is the social clubs yeah. inside the church when it's just one church. Mm-hmm. Toxic culture is when you look at how you can be so forgiving with one person mm-hmm. and you're damning somebody else. Mm-hmm. Toxic culture is when you're speaking over someone's life and it wasn't God led. Mm-hmm. But you dress it up as that. Yeah, you know, I have real issues with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, you know, one thing that I've I've been people came at me about because I don't speak in tongues. I don't. I did not get that gift. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have many gifts, but I do not speak speak that gift. And I yeah. remember someone told me this, and this was a part of toxic culture. Mm-hmm. When I was 16 years old, mm-hmm. a man from new birth, because <laughs> it was a new birth in the Bay Area, because Bishop Eddie Long, mm-hmm. R.I.P., went. And to the Bay Area and made a campus there. So I went to New Birth. My, mm-hmm. my current girlfriend at the time went there. So I was trying to be the nice boyfriend to go to church with her. Mm-hmm. Even though I liked my church. I was fine with my church. Because I was loyal to my church. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? It's very hard nowadays for people to say that. Despite <laughs> how many issues, I got arguments with my pastor. Because mm-hmm. I talked to him like a man. I said, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Right? right? Amen? Amen? We hold each other accountable. That's part of Christianity. So when I went there, a, a, a deacon... They called him an elder. He was a deacon. Said, you don't speak tongues, you're not saved. That's not true. And I went to the Bible. See, I was a different young person. I don't believe what people say. I told you, I get that honorary part of me. Mm -hmm. God put me, like, and then I didn't understand that until God told me when I moved to Vegas, I'm Timothy. And I Mm -hmm. said, oh, so I'm to challenge. Mm -hmm. Okay, got you. Yeah. You didn't confirm a lot of things. Yeah. So I went to the Bible and it says, okay, first of all, everybody can't sing, so are you not saved? Mm. Everybody can't preach the true word of God. Are you not saved? You know, and because one thing I don't like, and I've saw the I saw the the fruition of this, baby mega churches. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that, Pastor? And I'm I'm not gonna go long on this, but I want people to see this point. This is where the toxic part comes. If there's no growth in mm-hmm. church, you have a whole bunch of people that's immature. Mm-hmm. Despite your age. I mean, immature in spirit. Mm-hmm. Because they're not going based off God, they're going based off self. Mm-hmm. And when you're in church and you have an immaturity in the spirit, mm-hmm. you're not going to have empathy. Yeah. If you have immaturity in your spirit, you're not going to have growth to think other than yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have... Im- so when we saw that phrase and it was a big thing you know in this and i'm saying from my point of view y'all so y'all could talk about me or not i'm talking about from what i experienced mm-hmm. when i walk into a church and people say that you're not if they're, they're training a whole bunch of young people to say if 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 you're not saved mm-hmm. if you don't speak in tongues and now i just see people just copying mm-hmm. then that's not of god yeah that's just people copying so that they don't feel i love being the odd one mm-hmm. i dance in the middle of a room that's not dancing that's yeah. just me. 
But everybody's not that way because they'll socially try to acclimate they acclimate their self yeah, yeah, yeah. to what is normal. That's why it says, come, you know, that whole ass come as you are, it's been taken out of content. It's not come as you are for clothing. Yeah. It's come as you are with your true issues. Well, Don't be fake with it. Coming to church talking about, oh, I ain't nothing wrong with me. Yes, it is. You stressing about your job. Yeah. You stressing about your marriage. You went through some things. You might have lustful eyes. You're going through things. Everybody goes through it. Stop. My aunt used to always say, uh, well, that one of the mantras of their church is you can come as you are, but you can't stay as you is. <laughs> right. But I wanted to um, to address what you just said about tongues. I, I want to say this um, because I believe this so strongly. I speak in tongues. Um, I believe... You know, when the Bible talks about utterings and moanings that we don't know what's going on, I think a lot of that is a conversation between tongues and between the Holy Spirit. So I enjoy that conversation when the Holy Spirit can jump in and make intercession for me. I enjoy it because I'm foolish sometimes and don't know what to say to God. But what I will say is that I think we really got to learn to um, um, read the Bible for real and read, and read every word. And I believe when it talks about the evidence the speaking in tongues is the evidence uh, and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what it means, that it's the evidence. It doesn't mean that it's not there. It right. just means that this is the manifestation of it. If you see somebody speaking in tongues, this is just the overflow or this is the, the uh, residue or the residual of what's already in them. But I know some people who do not speak in tongues and got more Holy Spirit than people who do. I've sat around well, people where I felt the Holy Spirit I, on them so strong, and they oh don't speak in God. tongues at all. My Lord, my Lord, let me, and, and that's what I, because I, you brought up a perfect example, mm -hmm. a very perfect example of what I was trying to talk about when I went to that church. Mm -hmm. um, don't play with God. One thing my daddy told me, despite if he didn't go to church or not, mm -hmm. there's one thing you don't do, and that's play with God. If you're going to do it, you better do it for real. Oh, man. <laughs> if not, don't play with it. Because God is nobody to play with. Yeah, he's not. And that's one thing that I can say I can take from my dad because I, I don't play with that. And it's crazy. One thing I can say, I, I, I appreciate that, mm -hmm. that deacon for saying that because he made this young man go into the Bible as deep. Mm -hmm. And this was before Google was good. Yeah. This is this is before Google yeah, was yeah. good. Google took a minute. Yeah. It didn't show you everything, so I had to, man. You had to get a concordance. I had to get concordance, <laughs> children Bible. I had about four Bibles in front of me with the same scriptures. That's funny. And when I was when I was going over it, it was really crazy because when I looked up into, because a lot of people use a lot of references. You know, give you a perfect example. I'm a very unorthodox pastor because I have 14 tattoos. Mm -hmm. I was served in the U.S. Army, so you can leave me alone. All right? So, <laughs> and a lot of things is people take things out of context. Mm -hmm. First of all, when Moses was talking about these people, mm -hmm. he was talking about people that were cutting up their bodies, cutting off their beard, because that's the next That's the next, the next. next scripture. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that. Are we when, in Leviticus? Yes. Okay. When they say, do not mark your body, mm -hmm. the next scripture is do not chop your beard. Just throw that out there. Wanted y'all to know that. If you want to read the Bible, you've got to read before and after yeah. and know the pretense of what's happening in the Bible. Well, so you guys know I'm about to go get a whole sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I have this, my whole front is done, so I just got to get the rest of it done. And, and so I, always told, I always tell people, <laughs> just going back to the dust anyway, your true temple is your, your soul, what you enter, because your soul goal doesn't go with this yeah. body. You know, this body is something that you have to maintain because mm -hmm. you have to do the will of God.
God and you have to be able to do it. And if yeah. you're sick and, and you're held down and you're not able to do stuff, then you ain't going to do nothing with it. Right. But the main thing I'm just saying as overall, read the text. And there's a lot of times where it's, I did get the understanding because I, 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 for a long time I studied and I didn't understand because people would say something and I read the word and it's like, mm -hmm. that's not what the word says. Mm -hmm. I'm reading and I would try to read and then people would try to like summarize it. And mm -hmm. I'm like, no, read what it says mm -hmm. because you're not – and young people are that way. And I, I encourage young people. Mm -hmm. I love young people like how I was. Question because you're not going to understand by guessing. Mm -hmm. Amen. Get educated on it. Yeah. You know, you could tell me something. I'm going a, I'm to a learn it. I'm going to take it in, and I'm going to go research a little study bit about it. Study to show it. yourself. Hello, somebody. So Proof. when when you, when you're speaking in tongues and, and utterance mm -hmm. by yourself, it shows in the Bible that that's, that's something that you do in your time. When mm -hmm. you're, but when you're in and – and I've seen so many ministers do this. Mm -hmm. And they start speaking in tongues, and then – and then they come out of it, and then they say what they said. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says that you wouldn't need to do that because it would be a translator that could be able to translate mm -hmm. what you are saying. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. This is really really what the Bible says. If someone is speaking a tongue, there should be somebody to translate. Mm -hmm. Because one reason why a lot of people don't realize why that scripture was put in place, mm -hmm. because they don't want you to think it's a distraction of self. Mm -hmm. Because guess what first people are going to say? Mm -hmm. That was they were playing, and if there was someone to translate of what they were saying, then they could be able to show this is of God. Because you want to not put it on you, you want to put it to show that this is God. Don't put it on me, because because that's what you, that's what a lot of people don't they fail mm -hmm. to realize, especially people that don't know God. Mm -hmm. Now I'm just looking at you. Now I'm just seeing that you like, like now if I don't know God, my spirit's unrested because I'm like, okay, what is this? Is this normal? Mm -hmm. Like. I'm trying to understand. Now I'm so confused. you've never spoken tongues before? No. I have spoken tongues where, and I'm saying this because I do believe that you can be, this is just my opinion, I believe that you can be uh, the person speaking in tongues and also the interpreter. Because there are times when you're speaking in tongues and, and your spirit is going forth, but you can hear um, in plain language what God is saying. Now, I don't, I'm not one of those people. I think, you know, people have those gifts for whatever reason. I think I operate more in the prophetic. So I'm not one of those people that, you know, we about to do offering and all of a sudden I stand up and I go into like <laughs> tongues, right, for the whole church. I'm not that guy. But I do see how it's possible for a person, for, for the interpreter and the person speaking to be um, in one body, just in my experience. I do right. think it's possible. But I'm just saying, a lot of times I think about this. Mm -hmm. So you do know, but while you're going through it, mm -hmm. you're not... You're not functioning to be able to interpret what you're saying. Uh, I would like to because uh, during that time, I frame, think you're cognitively aware, bro. Like, yeah, I, I think I, you're I, there. I would, yeah. I would think that because when I've seen people slaying in the spirit, like for real, slaying in the spirit, yeah. and during that time, that's when the interpreter is supposed to come forth. Because another thing is maybe my Baptist way. Well, during that time, <laughs> my Baptist way be kicking. Out. All right, we gotta get service, keep going, because <laughs> you know you take people. I honestly. When I, when I go to church, I was going to say, take all of me, put all of you. Mm -hmm. I say that prayer every time I go before the church because I don't want you to just be sitting there like, what? Mm -hmm. And that's why I see a lot of times in churches. You know, this is just my opinion, and I was ran old school because that's how it was. But if, if there's things 
it should be a thing of order. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like pastor slave. You don't know what the pastor's going through. Mm-hmm. Pastors go through a lot more after the church is over. Absolutely. So she could begin to church and get her worship on. Yeah. And she's just slain or he's just slain mm-hmm. in the spirit. Then someone should need to come up. Instead of sitting there mm-hmm. and everybody just looking at. Because I've seen churches that really do that. Mm-hmm. They really just look at the pastor like, all right, well, wait. And I'm yeah. like, no, that's that's not decency and order. That's mm-hmm. not of God. I'm, I'm sorry. That's Someone needs to come in. If mm-hmm. I'm unable you should be able mm-hmm. to come in behind me mm-hmm. and keep going so that, that that people go because a lot of times it gets to a point where now. Are you talking about when pastors are up there speaking in tongues? No, I'm talking about when they slay in the spirit. Speaking in tongues comes every now and then for people that go and slay in the spirit. Some people get slain What's in the spirit. What's slaying in the spirit? I don't know what that is. Okay. It's like being, it's like, it's like being it's, drunk on it's, the Holy it's, Spirit. It's crazy. I've, I've, it, it's called... As Baptists say, "Cutting the Holy Ghost," you know. <laughs> okay, and, okay, uh, now, okay, now. And, and slain in the spirit, same thing. And then, like, I've caught the Holy Ghost. I'm crying. I, I can't get out. I'm mm-hmm. mad because mm-hmm. in, in my, I, you are caught it, mm-hmm. but your body's not reacting to what sh- you are doing. And I remember the first time that happened to me because I used to make fun. Mm-hmm. I was the, I was a kid that was immature, and I would watch like you know wigs fall off, mm-hmm. and I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. I still think. <laughs> And God gonna get me for it. But <laughs> when when I was younger, I remember my uh, my choir director was like, "You keep playing, and God gonna get you, and you are gonna look just like that." Mm-hmm. I was there for forty five minutes in the hallway, <laughs> crying, screaming, and I was mad because on the inside I was like, "Bruh, stop! Like, stop! Like, God got a hold of me." And it was crazy. Do you think? Like, do you think your spirit was wrestling with your flesh? Sometimes when I see people going through that, I, I, I see like this tussle, this wrestle of spirit and flesh, and and and, that's an and way flesh kind of saying, "I'm not gonna change. <laughs> this is who that, I am." And the Holy Spirit their, is like, "Oh, was, but you are." But that that was. Now that I look back, that's mm-hmm. a very interesting view that you said. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's exactly yeah. what it was because I, that was the turn the time I was running yeah. from fully committing yeah, yeah, yeah. to that because I told myself I'll be about forty, but if I ever commit <laughs> to church, I'll be a, I'll be a, a deacon or a pastor. I'll be forty some, yeah. you know, fifty some. So by the time I retirement, that I thought pastoring was a good retirement job back when I was younger. Mm. Like be a, I'll be a pastor when I'm old. People think I got credibility just because I got gray hair. I think in the yeah. Baptist church it is a good retirement. Any other denomination is <laughs> not, but. I think it, I think I don't know if that's true, but I think in the Baptist Leave church, my old like, denomination alone. Well, no, because the Baptist <laughs> they got a board and uh, a salary, you know, four hundred one k health insurance, right? I don't yes. know if that's true, but okay, it is. That ain't true. gonna happen in the Kojic church or the non denominational church. Supposedly, we don't we don't know. Allegedly, allegedly. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I've, I've been in the Baptist denomination all my life until I realized that why are we divided. But that's a whole different story. The main thing I said, that is true. Yeah. And that's what a, a lot of Baptist kids be looking at like, man, this is yeah, when yeah. I'm ready to that's really when, I, when I get I past when I get past my my wild phases, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go club, I'm gonna go do all this, I'm gonna get all the devil, I'm gonna go do like honestly, and it's funny that you just that we're talking about this. Cause my pastor called me the prodigal son. I was the prodigal son to my pastor for years. Aye, aye, aye. I would go out and be out there chilling. And then I come to church on Sunday. Come home smelling like the world. Exactly. Like I was sin sick. I was sin sick, sunglasses like that. 
<laughs> Y'all can't see me in the studio, but it, it's crazy. Like off that, I, off that liquor. Off, uh, uh, off everything, like Jamie Foxx <laughs> said. Everything. I was just off. I was sin sick, y'all. I wasn't right. And then by the time that I finally got right, it was, I think, by the time I had my car accident and I mm. heard God's voice so clear, it scared me. Mm. It really scared me. In the middle of my car accident, it felt like it just had a pause moment. Like, you know that pause, like when the narrator in a movie is about to happen? Mm-hmm. It was just like that. And he was like, I'm not done with you yet. And then, bah, 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 bah. Mm. I was like, whoa. And then I couldn't worry about that yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was in a car accident. But then it, after the car accident and after they thought, oh, you should be dead because they saw my my car and they said we used it for every 15 seconds, you know, the little thing at the high schools where they have talk about drunk driving. Mm-hmm. They used my car that <laughs> I crashed mm-hmm. at, the, at the event to stage the thing, <laughs> right? And I was like, <laughs> and then I kept hearing that voice and it kept bothering me because I was like, it was no one in the car with me. God, what's, what? What do you mean you're not done with me yet? I should be gone. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I was dead. I, I was listening to Biggie. I thought I was like, I guess I'm going to see Biggie. I was like, oh. I was like, okay. I'm about to, I'm about to see the upper Like, and when I finally, when I finally uh, came to it, and it was like, I'm not done with you. I didn't understand. And when mm-hmm. I look back and reflect back on my, my younger days in church, mm-hmm. I see all the preparation of now. Mm. Because he was try- I, I could have got here faster, but I was fighting it. Is that I, true, though? I really think so. There's a lot of things that I I think could, God's plan, and this is another idea that's not popular, but God is God. And I think his plan is so much bigger than our choices. Well, I really say this. A lot of people don't agree with that, but... I, I put it like this. God is God. Mm-hmm. He still gets you to your, your destination. Mm-hmm. It's up to us for how soon we accept it. Because... There's some people that's never gonna get there because they not accepting it. They just not accepting it, and they will hmm. die because they're so stubborn to let go. Yeah, well. And they and, and and it's sad. I remember Steve Harvey said this perfect analogy. It's sad when you think that you because you're being just so stubborn, you mm-hmm. don't want to see what God's got for you. That he's just throwing all your blessings in the way of the fire. Just, just keep throwing all your blessings because you just, nah, I'm doing me. I don't need a change. I'm good. I don't need this. And it's like you just losing You know out. what happened to I'm sorry, bro. But you know what happened to me is, um, and, I, and I know we got to talk about the Unpastors Conference, but when you talk about that voice of God, and I know that God is a loving father. Right. But he's a father, and so there are some points I personally believe where he will come and shut you down. And I remember I had just come from, doing some foolishness one night it had to be about 2 two thirty-three a.m and i've always had a close relationship with the lord even when i was you know doing whatever i was doing but i was driving and that voice that you're talking about holy spirit came through and said i've endured you long enough mm. and i knew at that point that what i was doing was over it was done i knew that that was god in a, in a stern but loving way saying to me, I love you, we're in a real relationship, and I've endured you in this long enough. I'm done. And he said to me, he was like, I just want you to give me a yes. That's what he was saying to me. And I was by the time I got home, I was just in full tears. But God is just so brilliant because he came to me. He told me how he felt about the situation. And then him being so true to, to a God and a father changed me. 
in an instant. Right. And so I didn't have to do the work, but he did let me know we're done with this, you know. And so that's why when I ask about that whole like timing thing, and of well, course I've I made always, mistakes since, but I, I, but look at this though. And I always say this: it always comes to a yes or no answer. Mm. And a lot of times, God's waiting for that yes or no answer. And do you think we really have a choice to tell God no? Like w- once you hear that voice, do you think anything in our? And this is a real question: Do you think? Do you think there's anything in our humanness? Right? We come from I, this voice. I, we we've come. We we His breath is in us. I, so do we I, really have a chance to I tell Him no? Say, I can simply say this. The devil knew that voice quite well, and he still turned. Yeah, you're right. What a shady, knew, what, a, what a shady individual. If the devil could go away from his voice, because God doesn't want to force to love us, He wants us to to see His love, so we could love Him on our own. And that's the thing that people forget. If we have the free will to do good, we have the free will of doing evil as well. It's it's not God ain't gonna come and, and not be a genie. He's not gonna be a genie I guess and just so. and, and come in and say, This is how it goes. Because I guess I just I feel like his breath in my body responds to his voice. But that's the that's the reverence you have. Yeah. Everybody don't have yeah, reverence. You might for be him. right. You might be right. Because that's the thing that pe- I've realized. Because mm-hmm. I I had to realize this. What's my favorite phrase, coach? Uh common sense ain't always common sense. That part. Mm. See, Everything that I perceive don't mean that everybody else perceives the same thing. And I had reverence because in a moment of that time, Mm -hmm. I knew, okay, God, you're just confirming that I'm doing too much. Mm. I'm doing way too much. I thought I was getting away with it. Mm -hmm. Now I got to a point where God is like, hey, do I got to be more? Hey, next time ain't going to be easy. Next time you gone. And you and and how how would you have left the earth? Yeah, that part, that was what got me. Well, the because, city girl said, if you act up, you can get snatched up. Man, by Jesus, <laughs> on this planet, <laughs> you know, I'm so y'all. Told you. <laughs> Both of y'all talked about how y'all heard the voice. See, I never heard the voice mm. because I asked God to come into my life. Mm. I never forget it. I just got home from the club doing what I normally do. I'm talking years. I've been going to clubs since I was 14 years old, adult club, just because of who I am back home. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I came home one day. You know, I'm just looking at my car, and I start crying. Because I used to always be about my vehicles. I had eight vehicles all hooked up, all done, mm-hmm. and everything. I'm just looking at my car, and I start crying. And I pray to God for the first time. I'm like, God. This can't be it for me. I need a life change. I'm going to be dead soon. Mm. My phone rings. I get a phone call getting me a job in Las Vegas. I get that job in Las Vegas. But I've come to Las Vegas, same mindset. Mm. I asked God already, but I haven't changed my mindset yet. So then I'm sitting there in my room, you know, just met some girl, you know, back the same thing. And I asked God, like, you know, I didn't know how to pray either. Mm. Didn't know nothing. So I'm talking to God like I'm talking to him like he my homie. I know him since since we got it out the uh, out, you know out the woods or whatever they call it. You know what I mean? So I'm cussing all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Talking to God, and I ask him send me a wife. I meet my wife the next day. Mm. Now, granted, my wife was in a relationship with somebody and only gave me the phone number because she told her boyfriend at the time, "You don't send no woman to no auto parts store with a bunch of men." 
and I'm a man. So I see something I like, I'm going to talk to it. <laughs> so boom, I meet my wife. But nothing manifests until she's out that relationship. When she got out that relationship, she thought enough of me to call me. So then we started hanging out about a month into it. And this is why I kind of say it came in threes because the Bible always talks about threes and stuff. So my third was she tells me, you know, you got, you got to go to church today. I'm like, I don't got to go nowhere. I don't believe. I'm not this, yada, yada. Not realizing I already prayed twice. Mm. And then when I went into the church, you know, Church of South Las Vegas, Pastor Benny, mm. I felt home. It, it was like I just felt like I was maybe a ton, a building or something, and everything just came up off me. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I got into it, but then I started attending. Mm-hmm. Then where it all really picks up to me was in Pastor Jay's car one day. We, we get, we're doing a community drive <laughs> for the homeless, for people would know. Right. And we're putting together clothes together, lining them up, what fits what, what mm-hmm. size is what, all of us. And Pastor Jay's like, hey, you want to take a ride with me? So we don't even get to the freeway. He's like, hey, you ever thought about being on radio? Mm. Now that God is constant in my life, wow. all the time, I'm constantly hungry now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like oh, a lot of good. times I might not constantly be speaking, wow. I'm listening. That's good right? stuff. Taking everything in. And what, I, and, and what I took in from this conversation is I always tell people I feel nobody but God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's why people don't come to God because they fear him already and don't even know it. Well, can I say this? Can I read this, um, yes. Pastor? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just, I just want to make a point, and what better way to make it with the word? Because this is Amen. just how I feel about it. But this is Romans eight, which I love. Paul, I love his writings, and so. But this is Romans eight, and it starts at twenty nine. He says, "For whom he foreknew, he foreordained to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, and all that." And it goes further down, and it says, "And whom he foreordained, he also called. Who he called, he also justified." Them he also glorified. Mm. I'm only saying that, and this is just my interpretation of, is I don't know if you can come to God if he doesn't come to you first. I don't believe we have the ability to call him into our lives. I believe that he calls us into his. So I think what ends up happening, this is just my opinion, I think we end up, and I've been set up this way before, where God had a plan and he made me pray it, (laughs) but he had already decided what it was going to be. This is just my personal opinion. I believe from your wife to your church to Pastor Jalon, I believe you just prayed God's intention. That's just my opinion. Okay. I believe you just prayed what God had already had ordained for you. Yeah. I don't think we can work hard enough or call these things to our life. I think God has to say, this person is called and chosen, and this is what I'm going to do. And then he allows the Holy Spirit to pray his intention through us. That's just my opinion. And, 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 that, and makes, like, that makes a lot of sense. And then, now look at this. It all came to a yes, a no question. Yep. And mm. that's doing so deep. Like, when you break down so much life choices, we overcomplicate and add so much fluff onto yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just break it down to the basics. Because, give you a perfect example, when I asked Rudy, would you want to come into Anointed Radio two year, almost two years ago? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he could have said no. Mm. Yeah. Point blank. He could have been like, nah, I don't, don't want to do that. Like, like, and me and Rudy didn't even hardly know each other. Nope. Mm. Maybe like, only seen each other three times, but wow. our wife's known each other for years. Yeah. Right. Because I thought his wife was just away from my wife to get out the house. Because mm-hmm. she, she was like, I'm going to Annie's house. Who, Annie? I ain't seen this lady yet. <laughs> like, like, who is she? Yeah. And then we, when we finally met together, that's why I met Rudy. Mm-hmm. And then we... I asked him about the show because that's when God manifests the vision mm-hmm. of anointed radio. Yeah. So 
it comes down to a yes or no. Mm-hmm. Despite all the extra you add into actions and mm-hmm. thoughts and how you felt, because mm-hmm. that's all relevant, mm-hmm. it comes down to yes, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. No, I won't. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say a lot of times people can still hear that voice mm-hmm. and be so stubborn enough to say, I'm not going to do it. Sheesh. And that's why I feel like some people are taken away too early. That's, say, that's a scary person. Because I don't you know, what, that you know, person really. That's scary to me. Is it really? If you can hear the voice of God, the voice of God, and say, I mean, I've I struggled. Now, so watch I, this. I say that I'm struggling. I may procrastinate, but I'm not going to give God a no. I might well, be I'm like, a, I'll, I'll get back I'm, to you I'm about a, that. I'm going to just say it like this. <laughs> but if you're so confused of even knowing whose voice it is. Yeah, I can understand If that. you don't even know whose voice that yeah. is, if you don't even know him to know what that is, mm-hmm. to know, okay, this is God. Mm-hmm. And it's just a point where people, and it happens a lot. I, I, it's probably happened more than what we expect. Mm-hmm. Where people are just so set in ways. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you're telling me, give you a perfect example, give up something. People can't even give up weed where you pay for it. You pay for that. This mm-hmm. is not like giving up your child. This yeah, is giving yeah. up a habit that you pay. People can't give up cigarettes, mm-hmm. but you pay for it, which mm-hmm. is still bad for you, but you pay for it, so it's whatever. Mm-hmm. People can't give up alcohol. People can't give up adultery. Mm-hmm. People can't give up certain habits mm-hmm. and ways. Mm-hmm. But you're telling me if I give up that, I could get this? I don't know if I want it. Mm. Because some people put to a point where they're like, I don't, the people fear of the unknown. If I let go of something, it's just like that perfect picture of when Jesus was holding the teddy bear. Oh, yeah. Behind his back. He had this big old teddy bear. I spoke in tongues when I saw that picture. And she, and the little girl was like this. Like, you taking my teddy bear? You don't know yeah. if grandmama gave her the teddy bear. You don't know mm, if her daddy gave her the teddy bear. You don't he, know how valuable You don't know how value that teddy bear. That's good. Because habits come from that's good. To child development. Just want to let people good. know that. And when Jesus said, let it go. Give me that. Let it go. Give it to me. And she don't know because I let people do this too a lot. I let people speak their their self out of stuff mm-hmm. that I was going to bless them with. Mm-hmm. Me and Coach know somebody that got blessed out of something because they thought of self and did not mm-hmm. think of the picture. Yep. And when when you let it go, your mind is open to something bigger. Mm-hmm. Give you a perfect example. When I when I lived in California, I lived in this little small house. I thought that's all I could get. Mm. The life I had, I could never picture. The life I have right now, until I said God, and I I really had a breakdown moment. Like my minister friends back home was like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. Jalon, you something else," because you did something, and I had to go on faith. Mm-hmm. You know, because when I came to Vegas, God told me, go to Vegas, start a church, do this. I don't know nobody in Vegas. I do not know anyone. I don't have a job in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I don't have a career in Vegas. I don't have a house. I ain't got nobody. God was like, I can pass you that. Mm-hmm. Go to Vegas. And I said no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a person there. I guess I'm scared because I said no. No, let me tell you what, because I'm always, until you push me off the cliff, person. Mm-hmm. That's how honorary I get sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to change that over the years. I'm not like, like that no more. God said I got to just mm-hmm. do it. But at that time, I lost my job. Mm-hmm. I lost my house. And God came back one more time with mm-hmm. my cousin saying, you trying to go back to, you trying to still go to Vegas? Mm-hmm. 
What's next after that? I done lost a job. I done lost my houses in foreclosure. What's next? So when you think about that, did you really have a choice, though? Then... He forced your hand. I still could have been stubborn. I'm trying to say to the point. I could have been like, I'm going to still make it work. I could still... Because there's people out there that's so yeah, you're stubborn. Right. You're right. That say, I could still make it work despite how much stuff is against me. My God. Even though God is telling me to do something else. Yeah. But God is not going to kill me. Which, a lot of times... <laughs> I always go back to this, and I know they talked about this during Katrina because my family was in Katrina, and it was something deep. It was a, a parable that uh, some people used to talk about. It was saying it was a woman in uh, New Orleans that was standing on a roof mm. waiting to be saved. And, and a boat came by, and they said, get on. You know, the water's raising. And she said, I'm waiting on God. And the boat went by. And a helicopter came by, threw a rope. Come on, we're just trying to save you. The water's raising. She said, no, I'm waiting on God. And the, it flew by. That woman died because she missed her chances that God sent her way. We have to remember yeah. that part. If you're so stubborn of thinking, because people box God to be just one way. Mm -hmm. God sent you something. And you said no. You said no. Yeah. That's how I got to a point. But we don't know if she really, if she really believed this and maybe God told her it's time to come home. You don't need to be saved. Maybe, maybe she was being faithful listening to God. Well, he sent her a ride. All right. Yeah, he said but here's here's the thing though. Sometimes I'm gonna be honest with you, our own stubbornness can kill us. Amen. God gave you common sense too. What made you say yes, what Coach? Made, yeah, when you were going through all that, like what? Man, made we you having say yes? a Man. deep session what today. Made me say yes? <laughs> because I am very into history, mm -hmm. to the point where I could sit there and just look and read history all day. Something history comes across my Facebook feed, mm -hmm. I'm, I can be done for hours. Mm -hmm. And when you start finding places that are in the Bible, that kind of sparks stuff uh, in my I head. I see what you're saying. So then I'm going through. That's really and, interesting. And I'm just sitting there like, it's just reassurance to it. But like I would like to say my aha moment that when I came to God was two things, and they both happened at my church. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to Pastor Benny preach, and I'm just rubbing. I used to have a cyst right here. Mm -hmm. It'll come and go, and it hurt like crap. And I'm rubbing it in church, and I hear Pastor Benny say, you don't have to wait on me to pray on you. Mm. You can pray for yourself. You got the same ability, if you believe in God, to heal others mm -hmm. and heal yourself. Right. So I was, I'm like, okay. And I'm rubbing it, but I'm not paying attention. It starts hurting real bad. And I'm like, well, I believe everything Pastor Benny's ever told me. Because mm -hmm. he doesn't tell you his opinion. He tells you what's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about him. And I'm sitting there, and I pray. You know, I didn't, it didn't even, like, probably no longer than 15 words. Lord, I, I believe in you. Please take this pain away. Mm -hmm. Forget about it. I wake up the next day. I'm probably been six years without that pain wow. from that day. Then the next time, my son was having used to have these very terrible stomach issues. 
And I remember him having an episode early in the morning. I said, whatever I do, I'm going to pray for my son when I go to bed. Because I try to, like, do all my prayer at night before I go to bed. And I'm sitting there in church on Sunday. That was a Saturday night. And Pastor Benny just just comes on. First thing, says, something's over my spirit. So people forget to do some things and pray. And that instantly jumped in my head. I forgot to pray about my son. And his best, very next thing was, I pray sickness out of people's bodies and stuff. So I just started praying on my son. And I started crying in church. And this is the first time I ever sat close, too. I always sit in the back, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know everybody at the church been going there for 10 plus years. And I'm always in the back. For some reason, I'm in the front. And I'm just bawling. And, it, and it's just so crazy. And I'm like, that's just God reassuring me. It slipped my mind to pray for my son. And what that did was jumpstart. Now, if I say I'm going to pray for you, as soon as I pray for you, I start praying right then and there for that right. person. Mm -hmm. So that just reassured everything to me. And now it's like, it's a feeling that, you, that I can't explain and use with words. But I know he's real. I seen him work in my life. I seen him work in my family's life. I I just prayed for somebody that you know they're blind and they had this opportunity to get a job. They got overlooked, and I called them to see if they got the job. And I said, man, you know what? I'm still praying for you, man. Do not worry. He called me back ten minutes later and told me it's a mistake. He got the job. Wow. That's just another reassurance. And I tell, I say it on this show from time to time. I believe anything I pray for is gonna happen. Mm. Right. No shadow, but well, I'm gonna have you mind. pray for me before I leave today. Well, I, I <laughs> definitely will. But the thing is, I'm not a good prayer. And oh. I, I, I'm a, I, I just whatever it, the problem is. You came God a mighty long way, Rudy. I have. You came a mighty long way. And I've been you. rough around the edges. I'm I'm stuck in my ways. But now I'm learning to break. I remember I was mad at somebody, and I'm sitting there trying to text them the other day how I feel, right? Because I don't want to get into a shouting match with them on the phone. So I was like, man. And it just would not go. Like, my words is not lying. I was like, who said that? I didn't say this. Yada, yada. After about five minutes of trying to send the text, right? Because it was going to be long, you know. So I'm not typing it. So then I just sat there, refrained, prayed to God about it. Then I just simply text them. Hey, I just want you to know I love you. That was it. And they were mad at me, too. Came back in. I love you, too. Then a phone call comes. And I and we just talked, and everything was right back on the same page. God didn't want me to be ugly no more with that situation. Mm. And I was trying to be petty because of how I am. Mm -hmm. But God said, I already changed you. I'm not going to allow you to do that no more. Come on. So it, I'm with that, I would say that it's a lot of chain of events. And then just looking on everything i ever been through, I done been shot at multiple times. Mm. I done been arrested multiple times. I've been arrested multiple times, and I am not a convicted felon no more. Sheesh. Like, no record? No record. Wow. Got it all taken away. I've been, when, when I wasn't saved, I was going, trying to find a lawyer to get my stuff expunged. Non-existent. Once I gave myself to Christ, called one lawyer up. Jesus. After that, I am going to try it one more time. Oh, we'll take care of this case for you. No problem. And it was only $750. And I was Amen. prepared to pay anything because I felt like I was getting a part of my life back. Wow. I didn't change and made the change. I want that part of my life back. And I just look at every incident that I have been somewhere and then get a feeling that I can't describe. I got to go. Like, I'm just not feeling good, yada, yada. 
and then boom, something happens over there. Or, uh, you know, even the times I've been shot at, I even been warned right before it happened. Like, when I when they tried to carjack me before. Sheesh. The same thing that was, like I said, I, I was in the cars. Everybody knew that from where I'm at. So, getting ready to get carjacked, I just happened the day before to see a special about how to observe if somebody's trying to carjack you. So I was being followed real close behind, and it's just a two-lane street. I'm like, they can pass whenever they want. So on the thing it says, once they go to pass, hit your brakes hard as you can. So as soon as they went to pass, I hit my brakes as hard as I can. Instead of putting 25, 30 feet, I put almost a football field from the time of that. I locked up the brakes from doing like 75. I sped up because I'm like, I already know they're trying to get in front of me from what they say. And the straightaways, the four-mile straightaways coming up. So this is the opportunity they're looking for because they know the area. And then he hops out the car, and you see the frustration. Like, dang, he that far? So he just let off shots. He's not even trying to carjack me no more. Now he's just trying to shoot me. And I was able to get out that situation, but I wasn't a believer yet. But God's always took care of me. Right. And people say, you don't worry about a lot. Well, I don't because now that I know God's got me, mm. There's no need for me to worry no more. There's no need for me to do anything. Or be tripping about it. Exactly. And people just need to understand, once you give your life to God, you can do anything. You got me a little nervous, bro. I'm be looking at my... Um, Philippians 4, 13. Side window trying to figure out if I'm being carjacked. I hear the testimony. I'm a little scared now. Well, I'll be I, like, I was living... I mean, I mean, but I was putting myself in them situations and God was still taking me out. Of mm. And I wasn't realizing oh it God. yet. Everything I've seen in my childhood... I used to... I was that kid that if I saw something, I would sit back and just look at it. I learned from my uncle. You know, no matter how successful you get, you're going to have haters. There's a lot of people in my family that hate me because I'm trying to be successful. I learned from my, uh, I'm not going to name names, but people in my family that if you don't pay your bills, stuff will get repossessed. I learned that, so I, mm. I take care of I'm going to say personal, on air, I learned that myself. Yep, sure did. <laughs> learned that, and I couldn't even admit it was me. That's tough, I'm, I'm be, I'm be I've never had to learn that, but so I, I think I, I would hide my car I, in the garage or something. I had, I had, I had, a, I had a BMW, <laughs> and they came and got my BMW. I look back, I could have paid that with no ease, but I was, I was young and dumb. And when he came to the door, he's like, hey, Dre, where are you? I'm like, no, nah, I'm his roommate, but what you need? Oh, we got the car on the truck. He need to come get the stuff out of it, or we're just going to dip. You can get your stuff out of it if you give me the keys. <laughs> and I watch uh, Repo all the time. That used to be my show. They, they didn't even need the keys. You know that Repo show is in North Carolina. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I, I know that. Let's Plus, talk about this conference, though. Man, man. for real, this. What you, you got yeah, going on? Let's talk about the conference. Let's talk about the conference. Amen. I even forgot the name. I think. Um, I think one of the reasons I am so fascinated with Joshua and Moses is because of what we did with the conference last year. And the whole intent was to bridge the gap between um, millennialism and uh, traditionalism. And I think we've kind of discussed quite a bit of that today. But I knew that God said to me that he wanted me to gather. And I didn't know why he chose me to do it. I have some theories on why he chose me. I, I think sometimes he chooses other people. And here, you know, here's your, what we were talking about, that no I really believe that the Lord came to a few people about the Young Pastors Conference, mm. and they didn't move on it. 
And I was sitting somewhere, who knows what I was doing. I think God was like, here, here goes a man that's just foolish enough to step out on my word and just go. And I did. Um, and I know that the Lord said to gather all of the young pastors, because at the time it was a lot of young churches, young pastors were popping up. And I knew God had called me to pastor and I didn't feel equipped. And I felt very disconnected from my support system, although I needed to reach um, this demographic in the world before me. I needed the support of the people behind me. You know, I needed the support of, of the Moseses in my life, but I was feeling disconnected from them because they didn't understand me and I didn't understand them. Um, and I was so used to being an apprentice like Joshua. And I wasn't used to God saying, we, I, I'm all, I've been used to being on the stage. I'm used to being a performer. I'm used to doing that. But I'm not used to um, leading in that capacity. Um, and so I didn't feel equipped. And so I know what God said. And he's like, just pull the young pastors and the young ministers, the long, young leaders, young entrepreneurs, pull them together and let's see um, uh, what I'm going to do. Sanctify yourselves. I'm going to do something great, you know. And so that's what I did. And so um, I got Pastor Manaway and I got Amy Rucker and I got uh, Pastor Mel Moore and I got uh, Pastor Deshaun Horn and, and, and Pastor Carrie Turner. And we just did a conference. I had no clue that it was going to end up being what it was. And it just blew up. Um, I remember on the last night I was looking out at people being healed and delivered. And we were talking about issues like abortion and um, people were coming up to the altar to get freed of guilt. And I saw in that moment, God was saying, I'm about to take this generation somewhere and I just need you guys to be in good standing with me. I need to cleanse you guys of some things from some trauma, some childhood hurt, some past mistakes. Um, and so that's that what baggage. the, yeah, yeah that baggage. Right. <laughs> and so that's what the young pastors conference ended up being. And I knew God was saying that this was going to be a, um, what do they call that? Where you take off what do they call that? Hill? No, it's like a deck you take off from. <laughs> Runway? Runway? No, runway? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, but what do they call that? I can't think of it. But anyway, I knew God was saying Tarmac? that. No. It's like that, but I can't think of the word. Okay. But I knew God was saying that this was going to be a takeoff place for some people. Launch pad. A launching pad. There, there it is. You, <laughs> you do play Fortnite. That is a Fortnite term. A launching pad. I don't know nothing about Fortnite. <laughs> but I knew Fortnite. that God said that the conference would be a launching. And I look back at the lives of the people who presented last year. And what God has done in their lives in a year is insanely emblematic of what God was doing with the conference. And so... We're doing it again this year, June 27th. And so it's not only for pastors. Um, I think pastoring is such a limiting term. I think um, I think it's a spectrum. I think so many people are pastoring every day on their jobs and don't even realize what they're doing. Um, I think there's so many people who are shepherding sheep and don't realize that that's what they're doing. And so the conference is literally for Everybody, we got Bishop Macklin out of the Bay Area, so he's out of your. Do you know who Bishop Macklin is out of the Kojic Church? He's a big deal. He's he's out of the I'm Bay. Baptist. That don't it don't. <laughs> <laughs> Bishop Macklin is. Um, I'm not sure what his exact title is. He's done so much Where on is his he own. Of? He's out of. He's in Hayward. He's out of the Bay. He's out of okay. Oakland. But this man has because the the title of the conference this year is Take the Land. And so this man has... I was going to ask you about that. I'm glad you're talking about that. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's a whole Joshua thing again, you know, where I just... Here, here again, I'm so fascinated 
by the relationship between Joshua and Moses and the children of Israel and what Joshua had to complete once his uh, mentor passed away, that this all fell in his lap. And so we know that this couldn't have been easy for him. He had to be afraid. He had to lead these people who were traditional. And I'm sure they was talking about him. I'm sure they was like, you know, who's, who do you think he is? You know, I'm sure he had some challenges with this group of people that he had to lead to a, into the will of God, into the promised land. And so um, I'm just fascinated by Joshua. Why was I saying that? I was headed somewhere with that. I got lost in my... So that's why with the pastor's conference, you, you, you are trying to take the land. Oh, that's where we were. Right. <laughs> um, See, Pastor Jay, the listener, to all ever people that I ever interview, I Amen. might look yeah. in the cloud. I hear everything <laughs> you say. So I think, I think take the land is more so um, saying go forth. Take courage. Take Don't be promised. afraid. Yeah, yeah. Take what's promised. And I have this thing now where I realize just because it's promised to you doesn't mean that you don't have to go get it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. And so we've got to put that in the work. Deep. Say that one more was time. Was that deep? That was deep. I liked it. <laughs> because it made me think that, you know, even though something's promised to you, you may not get it because of your actions and your faith. Because you know, Sometimes God, I, you got to change locations. You yeah, have to go where that thing is. And, I, and yeah, I agree because that was me. Yeah, the, the promised land wasn't where he was standing. Yeah, he had to lead a group of people to Man. a place. They had to go somewhere, and I think that that's what God is telling us God, in this well, season: is that we gotta go. We gotta go. God could have kept me by the water. And he brought you to the desert, right? At all the places what to show you what was possible. What did everybody go in a barren right? land? Into the desert. Into the desert. Ain't that ain't so that crazy, bro? That's crazy. But that's what the Young Pastors Conference is, is we are taking the land this year, and that's whatever God has promised you. We're going to go get that thing, and and we're going to make it happen. For some people, it's businesses. For some people, it's church. For some people, it's writing a book. For some people, it's just starting a website. For some people, it's, you know, uh, applying for that job. You know, God is saying, I've given this to you. Now, come get it. I got this for you. Put in the work. And so um, it's more than just that. We, we really want to pray the anointing of God. On, on the people of God, that they have supernatural ability to make these things happen. And that's what we saw happen at the Young Pastors Conference. That's, that was the experience. It was divine. And you saw people, I don't want to get into numbers, but the presenters last year, we prayed over them and the people there. And what I've seen people do in this city since is crazy. Starting their own businesses, starting their own conferences, starting their own radio talk shows online. People were really just motivated to move forward. And so that's what it is. It's just an empowerment conference. Amen. And one thing, I, when you said that, that touched me because I, I talk to God about this all the time. You have to maintain the door that God opens for you. That mm. means every door that he opened for you, you still have to maintain have it. have to maintain it. Because oh. when you Jesus. think about that, you might not want <laughs> to yeah. do it. Give you a perfect example. Pastor Jay's day on Sunday is long. Long, y'all. I mean, I feel like it blurs into Monday. I feel like this is sudden Monday. Mm. Because it's I'm just constantly on the go from station to church to work. That's how it kind of goes. And then I'm a dad and a husband. So it's like, it's so much things we get pulled, but I, have, I want everybody to kind of realize is that God is not going to give you something that you 
don't maintain. Mm-hmm. You have to maintain. Mm-hmm. So if God blessed you with the job, you still got to maintain your mm-hmm. welfare at the job. Mm-hmm. If God blessed you with the family, you still got to cover that family, protect that family, mm-hmm. and do the providing for that family. That's maintaining. Mm-hmm. If you look at the car, what you got to do with your car, you still got to maintain it. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you don't maintain it, you run it down, and mm-hmm. then it's gone. There's a lot of situations that people are running things down. And I think then it's that's gone. prophetic. I think that's prof. I think you're prophesying right now, Pastor Jalon. Um, Pastor Deshaun Horn out of Reno. He's one of the presenters at the conference this year, but he prophesied to me a couple of days ago, and he said exactly what you just said. And I don't think that's just for me. I think, like hearing you say that, I think that this is a. Um, I think it's the season we're in where God is saying, "I'm about to release some things to you, but you need to learn maintenance." And what Pastor Deshaun prophesied to me was, he said, Anton, you, you've got to understand that you've done the work and you're working. He said, but obtaining a thing is much different than maintaining a thing. Mm. And then I walk in here and you say that. And so I believe that's just seasonally prophetic for what God is doing with this generation. I think he's saying that many of us have cried and we've prayed and we've labored and we hoped. And we're asking God, where are you? When is this going to happen? When is this going to come through? And I believe God is saying, I'm about to release this thing, but there's some maintenance involved. Mm. And I think we've been learning the maintenance over the past few years, like that whole moving to the desert and being shot at and being saved, praying for your son, being supernaturally healed. I think God is saying that's the maintenance that this Mm. new door is going to require. I've just been preparing you to maintain. You know what I mean? It's crazy that you said that. I think that's prophetic. Yeah, because God brought that word to me. Every day. And I'm going to be real, Joe. I feel like quitting. Mm. I'm real. I ain't going to be fake. There's so many days from being having, because people be like, oh, Pastor Jay, he be out there. He be at the games. Mm-hmm. He be at awards. He be doing all this. And he, he, he like, my, like my God brother said, he a super pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but it's discouraging because when I go to my ministry, I have 10 people, mm. five people. And that's discouraging. Mm -hmm. You know, online, I have hundreds of people that know me. Mm -hmm. In in reality of what I see in my ministry is five, Mm -hmm. ten, my family. And it's like, but God keeps telling me maintain. You know, because that's the thing thing that comes before when I talk to God. and, And he's like, you know, all the fruit that you bared from maintaining is just going to multiply mm-hmm. because you're being fruitful for what you have. Mm-hmm. So the little that you have, you'll be able to maintain a lot because you don't change up mm-hmm. because you're doing the same thing without any issues. So that's why that that came so heavy on me and it always sticks with me, even when I have to get up at 5.30 on a Sunday after getting home at 12 last night from the lights game go lights go our new partners just had to put that out there forgot to put that out there spot i definitely wanted to say congratulations to our new partners the las vegas lights who won five to zero blowout um they had a great game yesterday definitely check out lv anointed radio and you could be able to see all our updates and our new sports analyst favola that is doing a lot of announcements I, I, i was just wondering what is your your favorite scripture that you might cater your life to or that you stick behind the most or you just think of the most? Romans 8, where I just came from. The one he read earlier. 
the one that I read earlier, um, is my favorite, and that's why it came to me. Really, that whole, um, um, really Romans six, seven, and eight. Oh man, I just almost told my business. I don't want to do that. I want to tell too much. I almost just went in. I'm glad the Holy <laughs> Spirit was like, "Slow down. We're not going to do that yet." Um, but I had some things going on in my life, and um, Paul talks a lot about our relationship with Christ and Christ that lives in us and us being able to change. He really makes this um, very clear um, juxtaposition about who we are versus the Christ in us, and I love that. And so I've had to go to, I, couldn't, I, I can't just say one scripture, but I'll say Romans 6, 7, and 8. I was, I was really stuck in some things, and I remember the Holy Spirit told me to read those passages every day and as much as I could. And it was because of Romans 6, 7, and 8, and mainly 8, that I was able to realize that God wasn't, and that's how Roman 8 start, God wasn't condemning me, um, that he loved me, um, that there was a difference between condemnation and, and, and conviction. I even have some different thoughts on conviction, um, um, but that God would make me feel a way to where I was compelled to love him and do the right thing because of the relationship. Um, and so to answer your question, Romans 6, 7, and 8 changed my life. It freed me from some serious bondage. Really the whole, and, and, and this is a whole nother thing because people, um, I've recently learned that there's such thing as a Paulinian where they don't, they don't think we are Christians. They think we are really serving uh, Paul. But I believe that, that Christ and the Holy Spirit worked through Paul, rather, um, to write those writings. I think his teachings are so strong. And so if there's such thing as a Paulinian, I'm a Christian, I love Christ, but I do love what he did through Paul. You, you and know, Paul set me free from a lot of things. You know, I'm going to have to say this. Um, I was taught this in, 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 in when I was coming up in ministry. In the Bible, it does not tell you to be a Christian, which we get hung up on. It tells you to be a disciple. Hmm. Nowhere in the Bible it says to be a Christian. But there's so many references for you to be a disciple. And we're a disciple of Christ, but first of all, you have to understand what a disciple is, being disciplined to deny yourself every day, be able to bear your own crosses and burdens and not have it inflict you in your work in ministry because that's what mm. Jesus went through is when Jesus had his cousin die. He still served the thousand multitudes to feed them, go through. He didn't say, my cousin died. I'm good off God. I ain't going to church no more. I ain't do this. His cousin who baptized him died. He still served the multitudes. Mm. Can you bear your cross? He was bearing crosses before he got the cross. Mm. Because you got to think about it. There was stuff that would have took people out of ministry mm -hmm. that he went through. Absolutely. Like, think about it. Like, they would have gave up. Like, nah, I'm done. Nah, like, my first cousin died that baptized me. That was, like, first of all, that was, that they were blood anyway. You telling me, I got to go preach to thousands of people after that and feed them. And By the same person that killed his bro cousin. Man, like, think mm. about it. Think, really I just think found that out, so it's like, I brought that up. Well, you got to think about it. The same people he was preaching to, the same people that crucified him. So it's like... And that's a message in its own. Oh, it's yeah. A message in its own circle right there. I mean, it's square because it's, it's really all kind of different shapes. Yeah, it's, but, it's, it's but the reality that's, of it. Like, it's true. It, so that now, is. with that being said, 
Jesus wanted us to be a disciple of him to show, because he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the way. Mm-hmm. Through me, you could get to my father's house. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I am the example to show you. Mm-hmm. Stop worrying about what you think, what you thought. Mm-hmm. You saw me. Did I say what I thought, mm-hmm. what I think? No, I went and did. Mm-hmm. All the things that Jesus did, I, look, I looked at how Jesus, he brought people. Mm-hmm. You think the disciples probably didn't get on his nerves? Mm-hmm. You think that him taking care of the disciples and their family didn't get on his nerves? Well, he, he told you they did. He showed his frustration. Come on. He showed these things, but he still did for Y'all them. Y'all can't even pray for an hour. Right? Y'all <laughs> had to go to sleep? I'm praying? I'm the one with the biggest burden over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all worried about little stuff, about some fish, and I'm worried about dying. Right. And y'all can't pray with me for at least an hour. Y'all can't watch my back while I'm praying because y'all know they after me. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that we, when you start looking at Jesus' life, when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and, I, you know, through me you get to my father's house, you have to understand that he was saying, I am the example mm-hmm. of how to be. Because he was tested about everything, and, and he, 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 he had a way of escape. He, he never got tempted by, he got tempted by everything, and he never failed for anything. Yeah. So you have to think about that as a, as a, a whole. So I don't know why God be saying that to say that. Uh, that that touched me i am the way i am the example when you said that 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 kind of touched me i love what you just said about christ carrying the cross before he died on it before he even carried it initially that's really interesting to me that even as a boy being kicked out of the temple and all the adversity he had to endure he was carrying this thing metaphysically before he had to do it in the natural that's right. really really interesting that's an interesting perspective and, and that's coming you know, that might be a sermon for Easter. Oh, yeah, you've been dropping nuggets today. I, mean, I have to do that. So where can we find you, and where can they get their tickets and all that contact info stuff? Well, let me start by saying that I, I need you guys to go um, follow me on Instagram. I, in, in a minute, I'm going to have to just buy some followers because I'm, I'm starting. Can't do that anymore. Instagram is now doing analytics where they're cutting those oh no followers i work at a high school so do you these kids know how to do it i had somebody showing me friday just in the event that i need to make it happen because you know what it is? i mean i'm like come on y'all i gotta anyway i'm trying to get my instagram followers up right what, what is your instagram <laughs> it's at the sin city preacher <laughs> first of all i don't even think i'm following you I, you're, oh, you know what? I do have a Christ Society account as well. That's the one. I That's know. the one that you're following. So the other one is uh, at the Sin City Preacher. You can follow me there. But for information, and then I'm on Facebook as Anton Dotson Parson. And then for um, for the conference, please go visit the website and scroll down. You can register for your hotel. Um, which is Sunset Station. They were so good to us last year, and you can pay the registration and be there on the site. And the site is ChristSocietyGroup.com. And you can read up about what I believe, uh, who I am in God, little bio on there, and, and register for the conference and come out. It, it's really going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal time this year. We have some amazing things in store for you. That sounds terrific. Amen. Man, God used us today. Uh, we, we definitely was went over for what we usually did, but when God is going, obviously there was a reason for something that he mm-hmm. said for the atmosphere because somebody could be listening to this podcast or to the to this lively and be like, man, I mm-hmm. needed that. 
You're you know, and that's Amen. why I never, I never stop when God is in the midst because mm-hmm. obviously He is bringing it onto the spirit so that someone else could be mm. blessed by that and being obedient. Because I told you I used to be stubborn. I used to I ain't saying all that. You crazy? But now <laughs> I, I've learned after enough whoopings and you know my my prayer kind of tore down those walls of mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it because it was a prayer when I first got here and didn't have a way of to eat. No, didn't know my next plan. I just said God guide my feet based off in Proverbs where it says make the plan but God will uh, mm-hmm. order your steps mm-hmm. so I would always tell him before when I woke up at the end of the day and I still do it to this day God I don't know where I'm about to do I don't know where I'm about to get this meal I don't know how I'm about to do it but God guide my feet and mm-hmm. I know you got me so somebody out there is going to need that but one thing I wanted to just say is thank you for yes. coming on to the show absolutely we had a long show this is probably like a double feature show today <laughs> so this is top one or two yeah so one or two it, it, it longest some, show you, you go you that's my you, fault i have a lot to say i'm sorry it's okay you know maybe maybe he'll come up and have him get his own show on anointed radio network <laughs> strong possibility drop. oh they, they, they would kick me off in two weeks <laughs> you kind of know the owner. You're a good stand. Owns the place. So you're a good yeah, stand. Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that would happen. But so we definitely appreciate you. You know we're gonna yes. be we're promoting the show and thank you, man. The conference I appreciate it. And everything that you're doing, keep on doing the great things here at Noitz Radio. Like I said, when you come on, you're like family. Mm. I mean it. You know, on the outside, I I treat everybody like they family. Hey, yeah. what's up? You, I don't even have to know you. Come on, let's uh, go. You do. I've seen you do that. That's the truth. I want to say that because I've, I've observed you be that person. So I, I definitely want to just say, you know, we're definitely here to support you and help you out with anything that we can do mm-hmm. with the limit with the limits of what we can do Absolutely. from the show. And, um, yeah, with nothing but, we're praying for you, you know, nothing but success. Let's take the land. Um, mm. One thing that we – you. You talked about that. I think we both have perfect views on. Let's let Las Vegas dictate what happens in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, amen. Oh, Absolutely. And um, great things coming that is Las Vegas based for Las Vegas communities, so we could do great things in the community from our community for people that live here. You know, it's cool to have people to come in, but it's great when people from the community can actually throw something in their community. So definitely go support them. Is the youth, youth? Am I saying it? Young, young pastors, pastors conference. Young the pastors. Young Pastors Conference of Las Vegas, Nevada. Amen. <laughs> Definitely go get your your tickets. Go register. Be there and be square. Get that VIP ticket. Man, I, I, man. <laughs> so much more with the VIP. I'm not yeah. bougie, okay? Because I know somebody <laughs> said something about me and VIP. I have, I just have an issue with with being. It's a whole different story. That's my personal issues. I'm dealing with it. If I got money, I'm paying for it. Anyway, so this is Pastor Jay, and like always, it don't got to stop. Why not? Because in like an hour or so, and usually I'm in church early, <laughs> you could come to Judah Family Community Church um, where you could be able to see me live at Judah Family Community Church and be able to get a great word. Um, the, the service is always shown on Judah Family Community Facebook page, our digital campus. Check us out. The great word is going to go forth today. Um, I don't know who's going to preach today. But somebody going to preach today. Oh, yeah. Amen. And the most likely would be me if it, if it comes down to it. So, everybody, 
check out Judah Family Community Church on Facebook. You'll be able to check out previous sermons and and all that. We're at Rancho High School. Start at 1130 in the theater. Doors open at 11. Um, today, I want to leave you with this. God has set you up for success. Don't let your pride set you up for failure. And this is Coach here. You can find me on Instagram at 910coach. And I want to challenge our listeners. You know what areas in your life you need to tighten up with the Lord. So just get that done. See you next time. See ya.